I'm I'm glad you were a little bit late because I don't know if I emotionally would have been ready for you to walk in the door at 11 a.m. <laughs> 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 finishing the movie at like 10:45. Say I'm never late. I'm always right on time. <laughs> for whatever spiritually po- is correct. A podcaster is never late. <laughs> <laughs> a podcaster arrives exactly when he intends to. Ah. Maybe maybe that's foreshadowing. I think we might be doing Lord of the Rings in December. So. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I have not watched a single one of those <laughs> movies. So. I think we found last year that like there wasn't actually that many Christmas movies we wanted to talk about. <laughs> so this year, like a lot of people watch Lord of the Rings around Christmas. So yeah. Fuck it. Uh, Greg's never seen any of them, so he has to be on every episode. Ooh. Oh lord! <laughs> I'm excited about that. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, um, time to talk movies. <laughs> Is that your new? That's new yeah. New it's time to time to talk movies. <laughs> it's the new catchphrase. New month, new catchphrase. You know, you guys know I have a different catchphrase every month. <laughs> this time, it's time to talk movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast, so it'll either be time to talk movies <laughs> or something along the lines of "Welcome to Late to the Movies." My name is Ben Holt. Do I usually do my full name? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hey, it's Ben Holtz. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have uh, left while you stay by now. Um, (laughs) This week, the movie kicking off our new month on animation, animated movies, and a month shit. I don't know. We haven't come up with a name yet. Mumptions. Yeah, and a month shit. That sounds like a person. um, Sounds like a disease. Animation month. We'll keep it simple. It doesn't always have to be a fun. Uh, we're kicking it off with Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. Sorry. Not clean. We've got to put the, the back on it. Uh, the Iron Giant. Brad Bird's 1999 movie. Um, we'll, get all, we'll get into all of it. It's the first time that we're covering a lot of people involved with it that have had interesting careers that we may or may not even touch on because mostly I think we want to talk about the movie. But before we can do that, <laughs> let's talk about other movies or TV shows or anything fun. Or As we're recording, it isn't Halloween yet, so anything spooky you guys want to talk about is fair game as well. Oh, we haven't watched uh, Wendell and Wild yet. That's on the docket. But um, bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> oh, man. You finally watched it. Finally, finally watched, watched it. it. Was, uh, it, was it everything you hoped it would be? Oh man. Uh that's going to be a buy. That that instantly just skyrocketed up like favorite comfort movies <laughs> despite being a who done it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Um so I finally made a letterbox and I think you can only have four uh favorite movies. Um and so my favorite movies are as it goes Mean Girls, um House Bunny, uh Easy A and then Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Um, a classic trio. The, cl- uh, the classic quad. A, a harem of movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that I could add Bodies, Bodies, Bodies as a fifth because I don't know who I would kick off. But Classic oh comfort God. movie that feels like a panic attack the entire so time. So Wolf of Wall Street is not a comfort movie, but it is probably my favorite movie um, just because it's just so good. But um, yeah, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is more in line with the other three movies. It's just... It was so good. 
I I can't get over it. I, I I know you followed me, so I just followed you back, and uh, it's very funny. I, I, I assume this will change over time, but at the moment, you only have given out five star ratings. <laughs> That's probably. True. I think yeah, because I think it was for the ones that I remembered to do it for. Because yeah. I have that I makes have, sense. Real real Mr. Peanut Butter situation. Because I'm trying to fill it out, and so I have to go through like the movies that I've watched and give them ratings. Uh, get them give them ratings for the first time, but um. But yeah, I don't know why we just ha- we never saw bodies, bodies, bodies in um, movie in the movie theater, and then when it finally came out, it was only available to buy for twenty bucks. I'm like, I'm gonna wait until I can rent it, um, and I'm gonna end up buying it anyway because it was great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. Did you figure out what happened before the end? No. So I think it would would have been kind of hard to. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it's interesting because like I mean I figured it out like. As they were presenting yeah. it, the way that like I'm sure a lot of people figured it out, like as yeah. And like, just in case people haven't watched it, I won't. Yeah, and I won't. I won't leave this either. in. But the, the only thing I could necessarily figure out was like they need to take a big step back. <laughs> yep. It helps that there's a lot of drugs involved. Yes. Um. It yeah. kind of helps. Lots of drugs. A, a, a natural hand wave That's for the true. whole situation. You have a lot of really paranoid people because people are literally on coke. Mm-hmm. Like uh, and. It's yeah. They kept saying that uh, Pete Davidson's character. He kept saying he was coked up. He kept yeah. saying it. Um, but honestly, I had no. I went in completely blind. I had no idea really what the movie was about. Besides, these girls are really mean to each other, and they're at a hurricane party. Um, so I had no idea if this was supposed to be like a monster movie um slasher i had no idea if it was one of them just like taking revenge because it was that kind of slasher um and i didn't try to think about it either like i was trying to kind of like know like brain off just watch and see what happens at the end so it kind of took me by surprise so and i loved it i think my initial reaction when i saw like what happened uh was just shock and and then i just started laughing like real hard Yeah, it's top to bottom. It's very good. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I think it rings out a lot of good like comedy with good acting like pretty quickly. Like it's it's it like things to like uh, like a lot of movies, things devolve very quickly. And it and it takes a lot to for me personally to to un, to get that whiplash effect on camera like you have because yeah, it's a short movie yeah and you have a lot of people that are going from having a really good time to immediately sobbing freaking out you get the picture of like the people that are like okay we got to go do this this and this the people who are just sobbing messes and liabilities um i forget the girl that's on drugs a lot um that's oh, like uh the one who's dating the older dude, Greg. Greg. Ah, uh, man, what's her name? I loved uh, her. Rachel Senna. Yeah, that's it. Senna. Uh, Senna. I'm not sure how she. Yeah, it. she does. There, there are there are characters in film that do a, that all like are just like the worst in in their their plot devices in the sense of like making a, a situation that could be completely calm not calm just because of the way that they're mm-hmm. reacting to it and the way that she acts that out like just to just start like screaming and hugging and like and like the desperation in her voice is just very good like yeah. I, like i yeah. was probably the most impressed by her reactions to to things she's great she's uh 
most of the comedy of the movie is sort of resting on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. I think she got the most funny. critical acclaim for that movie yeah, out of all, all the rest yeah. of them. I th- even the people who don't like it, well, not to generalize saying everyone, but a lot of negative reviews that I've seen have mentioned that, like, she works. Yeah. <laughs> her, her thing works. <laughs> the things that don't work are not her. Yeah, right, right. And, yeah, great great jokes about podcasters in there, yep. too. Oh, my God. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> People don't understand. I have to cancel plans all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. If I had plans, I'd have to cancel. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I did like it. It was a fun time at the movies. That's all I, that's all I can ask. That's all you can ask. I wish I would have seen it in the movies, but uh, yeah, I loved it. We're going to buy it. Um, what else is, have I was going to say, we definitely watched other stuff lately. That definitely would be a fun one to watch with like a group of people, yes. too. And, uh, oh, we had uh, one of... One of your coworkers said he that he was having like a UV light like uh, Halloween party, and he was describing it. And then I was like, "And then y'all are gonna play bodies, bodies, bodies." Because <laughs> <laughs> you get alone, let's just see what happens. <laughs> they, they're really punching each other, though. I'd probably take that part out. Yeah, I was playing it in person. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that was another part of it that was like weird. Because like I was thinking the the number of times that I have been slapped in the face by a friend i think is one <laughs> and i don't think i ever it was have. a real bad time it wasn't yeah in, it was not for, not for me it was a, <laughs> it was a similar it was a similar situation where like i was i was drunk and like I, I forgot i forgot the exact context but i remember literally telling my friend like slap me in the face like i did i think i like, spilled this drink or something like that and it was like come up and and yeah he did it oh my god and i fell down <laughs> like he cold caught me uh and uh yeah so like that's not fun <laughs> i wouldn't want to play that not at all that doesn't sound fun i'm gonna tap out for that because or for movies because i don't think i have okay i don't yeah. think i have i can't think of anything else i know we've seen other stuff but i can't. yeah i can't think of anything started the new season of bob's burgers i think that's about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice that's uh i have i have plenty to talk about you'll see why in a second but first <laughs> first um, uh, just to rack, wrap up Spook About Month, as it isn't Halloween yet, I did watch other scary movies. Um, I meant to mention this in the last week's Shutter Spotlight, which we will not be doing now because it's no longer Halloween mm-hmm. month. Uh, I watched Speak No Evil, which is on Shutter. It's a, I believe it's a Danish film, and it's about this, this uh, couple with a young child that meets a similarly aged couple with a similarly aged young child while on vacation. Um... The main people are Danish. The couple they meet are Dutch. The Dutch people invite them afterwards to like come hang out at their place on like a you know several months later as you know as a getaway. And then stuff gets weird. Um, I I liked it, but it's a movie that people were talking about online the way that they talked about Malignant last year and Barbarian this year, where it's just like, oh man, the last half hour is mm-hmm. crazy and. Those are movies with like huge tonal shifts right. at a certain point. And um, this one just wasn't. It was just a horror movie the whole time. So it ended, <laughs> I was like, okay. My expectations were that stuff was going to start getting like really weird, weird or fucked up. And like, it's not great for the people involved, but if you know it's a horror movie, I don't know why anyone would have been surprised. <laughs> um, and so I think that that did the movie and me watching it a disservice. Mm-hmm. So I think it was... I probably would have liked it more if I didn't have that in my head. Right. Um, all of the of the twenty minutes that we've already done have been preamble to me saying I saw Tar. <laughs> I saw Tar. 
How's Kate Blanchett? She's fucking awesome. She's gonna, <laughs> she's gonna win another Oscar. Good almost, for her. You know, fucking book it. Uh, Tar's awesome. It's one of the only slash best slash I don't know if anyone else has really done it movies that really feels like this is what it's like to live right now in the same way that like social network was really smart about mm -hmm. feeling of the moment so much um yeah and it's uh it's really good I don't know you know we don't have to talk to her too much but uh I really liked it go see it as I feel like it, I don't know it's gonna get nominated for a bunch of stuff it, it might be one of the movies that gets like nine to 12 nominations and only wins for Kate Blanchett, possibly. Um, but yeah, Kate Blanchett's really, really, really good in it. Tar! <laughs> if you don't know about Tar, it's uh, Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tar. She's uh, like the most famous conductor in the world. She's um, the permanent conductor of the Berlin Philharmonic. They're about to do Mahler's Fifth. And I know that's very enticing sounding, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's about, I guess, like the genius myth making type of thing and toxic behavior by powerful people and all that. Is Tar the new Mank? Uh, it's better than it's better than Mank. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Iron Giant. <laughs> Iron Giant. Uh, as always, we have to submit our disclosure forms. Uh, what was everyone's relationship with the Iron Giant previous to watching it for this podcast episode? Uh, so I saw it for the first time when I was like really young. I don't remember when. I don't think it was when it was first released, though I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like I, I might have memory of it because I was four when it came out. Um, definitely saw it multiple times as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was maybe about 10 or so. Um, but I did remember like all of it. So I still had a very clear, uh, memory of the movie. Cool. I saw it for the first time two hours ago <laughs> and all I knew about it. I knew the Superman, uh, quote. I knew, so I didn't, I hadn't thought about it beforehand, but when I heard, uh, uh, I go, you stay. I definitely had heard that in the and knew it was Iron Giant. I just before I went into it, I'm like, the only thing I know is Superman, and I don't <laughs> know context for it. I just know it's something he <laughs> oh, says. You didn't know context for it either. Well, so, and the other thing I should say is I knew that it had a sad. Oh. I knew it was sad. I knew a lot of people were like, because when people go over, oh, here's movies that make everybody cry. Everyone said Iron Giant. I was like, yeah. well, I don't know why. Gotcha. I have yeah. to assume it's because something happens to that big giant. Yeah, <laughs> some like. It's got to be like the probably a Dark Knight Rises situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where they throw the Iron Giant down the hole, down the well and yeah. he gets adapted to the darkness. I more meant just the I end know, of Dark Knight Rises. And then Hogarth sees him at yeah. a French cafe years later. And he nods to him. He nods. <laughs> Iron Giant's got a girlfriend. Iron Giant's got a girlfriend. Dating, he's actually Hogarth's dating like, Hathaway. I God. promised Iron Giant's parents. I would have died. I failed you. I found you, Iron Giant. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they're, just having, they're, just having, they're having tea in Iceland. Yeah. It's just everything's frozen. Like everybody's cold. Anyway. Oh uh, I had not seen the Iron Giant before. Also, oh, really? a couple hours ago. So yeah, the oh, prestige. Shit. It was a prestige. Oh damn. Uh, 
Yeah, so the uh, same. I knew those things. Here's here's a fun question. This is the third movie I've seen that Iron Giant is in. Can you name the other two? Oh. Ooh. Um, Space Jam? Space two? Jam? Say the whole name. <laughs> uh, Space Jam. The, the new, new legacy. A new legacy, but oh, yes. Right. He fist bumps King Kong. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Um, Very much a character. <laughs> same, well, he, he has like a cameo in like Futurama or something, doesn't he? It's not Futurama. <laughs> It's uh robots? Not robots. <laughs> Dreamworks Lentum or uh bottom out. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know if you need hints, but it's one of the 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 three letters following Dreamworks, Dreamworks SKG. It's a different movie by S. <laughs> Is it AI? Not Titan A E rather. Not AI. Ready Player One. Oh, oh, oh duh. okay. <laughs> yeah, damn you, S. That's the one I thought you would get. I, I big thought S, I'd have to. Big S stump summer. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that it stood for his first name. Yeah. <laughs> big Steve Works, Summer. Steven. Well, we didn't say big Spielberg Summer. So yeah. Who's the just anecdotal? Who's the G? I don't. I know uh, who the Geffen. K is. Oh, okay. I know K is Katzenberg. Yeah. I think David, so DreamWorks, yeah. Stephen, Jeffrey, and David could have been the <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway. Damn alliterative names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so um, who wants to do a one-minute plot summary for the Iron Giant? Uh, I'll go. Okay, whenever you're ready. <laughs> All right, uh, so 1950s, uh, big robot lands on uh, in the water and scares a fisherman. Fisherman's going like, oh, there's a giant, and everyone's like, no. And uh, there's a kid who's precocious, and there's a beatnik who's got a squirrel in his pants. And uh, then he goes, a uh, kid goes out to the woods and finds the giant. Uh, he saves the giant's life, and the giant recognizes this. And then the giant goes and eats a bunch of metal, and the government guy comes, who's Scooter, or shoot, Scooter, Shooter McGavin. <laughs> the Shooter McGavin government guy comes, and he's have, he's trying to kill the giant. And then uh, giant starts uh, turns out giants kill a robot but he's nice about it he learns english kind of uh and then um he starts uh getting scared and attack and attacking the town because the military's there and uh then um yeah they the kid the kid's dead but the kid's not dead and because the kid's not dead uh giant stops being mad about it and then shooter mcgavin gives the finger guns and they fire a nuclear missile at him and he's uh superman and he st staves it and he dies but he doesn't uh because he's in iceland having a good time yeah iron giant just about a minute <laughs> um so yeah this is uh this is, this is a good movie yeah <laughs> i liked it a lot um, it was it was a lot i yeah well I, you know in in I don't know if we can do this, but we can try. I feel like every time we do a movie, we immediately jump to the end. And yeah. then Ben has to be like, oh, we can just jump around. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should try to... Let's see if we can so get cool. this about, yeah. so, so starting off, I'm, I I mentioned maybe before we started recording this, or maybe I mentioned it on the recording, this is the first time we've talked about a lot of the people involved. Uh, fittingly, it's Brad Bird's directorial debut. Mm -hmm. uh, Brad Bird would go on to do the Incredibles movies, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. Ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad Bird, good at this kind of thing. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, also, the first time we've talked about Vin Diesel. That's why I wore this hat. Wow. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the movies. <laughs> the movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr. I don't know how much he'll come up. No. Um, 
I looked up who was playing uh, Dean. I was like, oh, I wonder who Dean is. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, they just made him look like Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, it was like, yeah, he's fine. Like exactly what you said. I was yeah, just like, yeah, I was hoping someone to talk about. He did he's a fine. Job. He comes up in, I mean, he's in a decent amount of movies. We yeah. might talk about him again sometime. Uh, Pete Townsend of The Who. Yeah, that's a weird. That was a weird one. Who wanted to? Who was like, oh, we got to make this a movie, The Iron Man, which is a '60s book. Yep. Pete Townsend's like, let's make this into a musical. Mm-hmm. Brad Bird gets it and goes, actually, it's not that. And I'm going to set it in Maine in the 1950s. Yep. <laughs> Make it very like Atomic Age America. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and make Pete's, it a big allegory. And uh, according to Wikipedia, Pete Townsend said, who cares? I got paid. Yep. <laughs> that, sounds right. like, that sounds like Pete Townsend. Yep. Uh, he won't get fooled again. Um, nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other people, but uh, um, the kid, I didn't actually notice if the kid did anything. After I I didn't recognize his name. Um, M. Emmett Walsh is in this. Yep. He's also in Blade Runner, so that's is someone that we've talked about before. Uh, yeah, but mostly Brad Bird is the this this is sort of a calling card for him going yep. forward. Mm-hmm. As he gets much bigger projects, and obviously a big Atomic Age guy. You can see the the mid-century modern shit and the Incredibles and yeah. uh, you did Tomorrowland, which I know didn't really hit, but that's yeah. same like aesthetic idea. Real quick, I it is bonkers to me that Tomorrowland came out seven years ago. I feel like if you would have asked me without me thinking about it, I'd be like, I don't know, like 2018 yeah. maybe. <laughs> like I hadn't even moved out of my house when that movie came out. Like <laughs> Yeah. And that's, yeah, this is just weird. Part, part of the weird, Clooney's in that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Part of the weird like why don't we care about George Clooney movies anymore? Yeah. Thing. Currently in a movie in theaters with Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, I recently anyway. rewatched the Oceans movies. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to talk about them because we have. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's wonderful in them. We, love- we will talk about the Oceans movies at some point. I swear to you. <laughs> Uh, I love the reference. Um, we watched the signature edition with like the the few deleted scenes, um, and they had to cut out a very small commercial uh, for copyright reasons. But it's funny how he foreshadows that he's going to do Tomorrowland because there's a very quick commercial that the Iron Giants hand watches. That's an advertisement for Tomorrowland Disney. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> yep. I feel like I've watched a lot of movies lately that there's like a kid that's watching a horror movie. And then they're in a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned the Halloween movies before. Obviously, the first Halloween is filled with stuff like that. Mm. Um, one of the kids is watching, I think, like, it's, you know, Forbidden Planet. The other kid's watching The Thing, but, like, the original thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the new Halloween, a kid's watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Fun. Um, but, yeah, I like that he was watching a yeah. horror movie. That I, thought. It was, I, th- I feel like... So, talking about the beginning you. instead of skipping around <laughs> um, still, that's still kind of the oh, do we want to do watched, yeah we wanted to say if we liked it up front oh stuff. yeah uh yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like this it was it's a masterpiece of an animated movie and i'm sad that it didn't do well at first i think it's because what was it quest or camelot didn't do well and that's why this yeah, one didn't do well Warner's, or something like that warner brothers didn't really promote it because they got burned on right, quest camelot right. um which I also liked. I rewatched Quest for Camelot a lot when I was a kid, so that one surprised me too as an adult. It yeah. never did well, but so yeah, it was a financial flop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they never made a sequel, which I feel like now is better. It just kind of yeah. stands alone. Obviously, it's a yeah, quickly attracted a big cult following, and I don't even know if you can consider it cult following. It's just sort of part of the animated canon. I feel right. yeah. and it's weird. Like you take like that like 
that little group of like maybe like five years from like Hercules to Lilo and Stitch. Like obviously there were some hits in there. Like I think Tarzan made good money. I think uh, Shrek definitely made good money. Um, Toy Story Two made well, good money. Shrek, Shrek was the problem. Shrek ruins animation yeah. for everyone else for, <laughs> for a generation. Yeah, but it, it's it. So yeah, maybe it's four years to Shrek then is a better one than Lilo and Stitch. Uh, but it's 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 interesting that like I feel like there's so many like flops in that era because I. I would have to assume it's like Disney Renaissance is taking off. People are catching up. Like DreamWorks is getting there. Warner Brothers is getting there. Like Warner Brothers has Space Jam before this and that works, you know, like, and it feels like the obvious thing to like, let's just pump out as many of these animated movies as we mm -hmm. can. Cause like baby boomers are having kids now and like, it's the perfect time to scoop. Yeah. And I feel like it just got, I don't know if it got saturated. I don't know if it got too heavy handed. Cause like you figure Atlantis kind of flops in this time. Yeah. Well, Treasure Planet kind of flops. in the wilderness basically yeah. mm -hmm. between the golden age, which ends, I guess, whichever of the beauty and beast, Aladdin, uh, which one of those comes out last. Um, yep. then, <laughs> then yeah, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame yep. and stuff. But then, you know, Pokemon. By the mid thousands, they're making like Home on the Range. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> but then Bolt comes out and everything's yeah, fine. <laughs> um, basically, what until Frozen, I guess, and then it becomes what it is now. Tangled, maybe? Did Tangled yeah, make maybe. money? I think Tangled. People made money. like Tangled. People like I don't Tangled, remember yeah. if it made like big money, but yeah, Frozen was definitely like the new takeoff point. Shall we? Say. Yeah, and it's been just culturally dominant since. Yeah, because when we were in high school, I, mean, I think we talked about this on an old podcast. When we were in high school, it's like Disney made a new animated movie. It was like cool. Like no one's gonna go watch Meet the Robinsons. Like it's right, just, uh, yeah. that's a bad example because I feel like when I was in high school, I mean, I know it was the age later. Different. This but is worth, yeah, that's, yeah. That's worth when I was in about. high school, like yeah. there were new Disney movies were still the new Disney movie. Meet the yeah. Robinsons was not good, so that's a bad yeah. Example. Well, that's, that's what I that's mean. a mean example. Like you were saying, Home on the Range, Chicken Little. Like people weren't watching these. People didn't yeah. care. Like they weren't relevant. Now Disney always old, weird when though. Chicken Little shows up in uh, Kingdom Hearts two. <laughs> yeah, Zach, voiced by Zach Burley, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good movie is what we're saying. Yeah, definitely good movie. And we haven't mentioned this is set in Maine. In the set in Maine, nineteen fifties. Uh, best movie set in Maine. Ooh. So this or the Lighthouse or any Stephen King adaptation. I was gonna say there's gotta be a Stephen King movie that beats the Misery is Maine. I think probably. Can't I might like seems more like than a normal Misery, to be honest, person. but it's 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 a real apples to oranges situation. Yeah. There. So. The movie starts, and I feel like if I had watched this at the time, as instead of a 31-year-old as an 8-year-old, yep. um, I feel like the first oh, 10 minutes, pretty scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if you didn't go in knowing that the giant was cool. a good... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you might think that this is a movie about a kid running away from a scary giant. Like, Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, it has basically the same opening as Pacific Rim, Yep. and then you're... <laughs> um, the Pacific Rim really ripped that off. That. <laughs> Pretty much. <yeah. laughs> kind of. Come on, Guillermo. Come on, Guillermo. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, You're not I, I, bet he, I, bet, I mean, I bet he loves this movie, actually. If you saw, yeah. if you saw tr the trailer as a kid, at least you'd know. Because like, I know yeah. when I was younger, I saw new movies because I saw trailers that were like the uh, like the classic like narrator. Well, like, we didn't have YouTube. Uh, well, <laughs> no, before like other movies, yeah, like on VHSs and stuff. I'm going, in, I'm going in to watch Hercules and Don Fontaine. Is it Fon or La Fontaine? I forget the <laughs> voice guy's Something name like that. that did everything. I think it's Just La Fontaine. This movie, like he's got yes, a happy exactly. voice on, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's not like you're going this summer. <laughs> the Iron Giant is here, exactly, <laughs> and he's built to kill because he's a gun. <laughs> um, 
yeah, basically the that opening sequence through when he's like screaming and being yeah. electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty scary stuff. Yeah. I feel like if you're a kid, and then and then yeah, the giant's cool. Right. And they uh, they chill it down. I do like the way that they do. They work with language. Where at first he's just basically screaming in robot like mm-hmm. gear noises, and then yeah, like, gradually... it becomes more and more Vin Diesel. Yeah. As right, it goes on. <laughs> uh, he gets a family, so he turns. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If he if he had toasted Hogarth with a Corona and said like, he, "You'll, you'll always fly- be me, Familia," <laughs> he's flying. He's flying off into space, and he just he just like looks over at Hogarth, just gives him a nod. Says family back. instead of Superman. Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! Yeah, and he sp- they split off just down different that, roads. Just playing that John Legend song. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh wait, no, it's not John Legend. It's was Khalifa. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It Gosh. was. Um, <laughs> Thanks for ruining the movie. No, we got a, we got a, we got a YouTube bet. That's it. We talked about the beginning for five I mean, seconds. Well, no, no, we haven't. We're just teasing. We're just teasing the ending, <laughs> and then we went right to the ending. <laughs> so uh, this uh, another thing at the beginning. Hogarth was- names his kids Brian. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby. Fuck. Um, I I I love the part. Of, this is still kind of. The, I guess it's not super super beginning. Um, I I love after the electrocution scene. Um, just that the giant just starts biting metal <laughs> everywhere. It's just so like you know you land you land there. The I think everything actually no. If we're not gonna jump around, we need to talk about the squirrel pants scene first. Oh my god, the squirrel pants it. scene is very funny. Yeah. So we established that Hogarth is a, a loner with no friends who yeah. likes weird things. Um, even though he seems like a cool kid who's just yeah. into like nerdier stuff, but it's the fifties, so that's not like yeah. mainstream. And he also skipped a grade, so he's younger than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so he's like getting picked on. He doesn't have a lot of friends, but he, it establishes that he, you know, looking looking to find a friend, right? Mm-hmm. So he's basically just putting wild animals in boxes and being like, "This is my friend now." Yep. <laughs> uh, he brings it to his mom, his mom's work, Jennifer Aniston, who works in a diner. And he, you know, has no control over this squirrel <laughs> and it Gen- runs up Harry Connick Jr.'s, Jr.'s pants. pants. And then I do love the line, everybody, I'm sorry for what's about to happen. <laughs> and then you hear the zipper sound, which yeah. is like really good yeah. adult humor in a kid's movie. Yeah. Sorry for what's about- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like they play with like, this is, you know, a real hepcat. He seems seems like super cool and then the mom comes over and yep. he immediately starts acting really weird and you're like oh oh he's I just could... bad with women yeah he's bad yeah. with women or something and then yeah the reveal that he's this got the squirrel up the his squirrel pants. up his pants uh jennifer aniston at this point typecasted as uh as a coffee server yes <laughs> yeah 99 so this is right in the middle of when she's you know they're not quite getting like a million dollars an episode yet but no. they're Right at the cultural She's peak probably of Friends, getting like five hundred k an episode. They're, they've is, already gotten renewed. I think yeah. it's like the fifth season, probably. So. Yeah, ninety four first. Friends yeah, some of those or ninety five. Yeah. We talked about because we did Scream last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about Courtney Cox, and mm-hmm. in ninety six, I think we said was two years after Friends. So yeah, yeah. So she. Is man, tons people of know who she is. People yeah. are yeah. maybe even going to see this because she's in it, even if she's just a voice. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah, that squirrel gets out. Yep. <laughs> that squirrel gets out and causes a commotion. Causes a commotion. <laughs> and his mom has to stay late at work, and this is when he first uh, first meets the giant. Yep. 
Jance it up. Jance. Um, so yeah, he goes he goes and saves a giant with a comically uh labeled on off switch for the <laughs> entire for the Oh god, I really hope no one leans on this on off switch for this entire power station. It is it is a little convenient. Yes. Yep. There's big words in uh, red off. Uh, I don't know about that. Yep. But yeah, it saves him, and then he's. It's kind of. I do. I did say, and this is not a. This uh, there's nothing about this movie I truly hate, but it is just fun to point out the things that aren't hand waved, like the fact that the giant knows that he needs to be elusive. <laughs> like, <he's not> just, <laughs> just there's sometimes where he's just standing there, might as well just be doing the Forrest Gump wave, like yep. to people, yeah. like not paying attention. And there's other times where he's like crouching down in the woods, like reaching out and grabbing stuff. Yeah, but yeah. um. Yeah, they get the picture of him. I really, really, I was joking with Bree while we were watching it. I really, really like when Hogarth goes back out with the little scrap metal, like to get his, like to lure him out as bait. And I'm like, that is like an after dinner mint for this dude. Like, this dude <laughs> is taking giant bites yeah, out of tractors. He's tractor. eating cars in one yeah. bite. Yeah. <laughs> you got some sheet metal that, like, probably came off the side of, like, yeah, of the road. I don't know. He's he's yeah. He's wildly underestimating. <laughs> so around then is when the the government guy gets involved. Kent Mansley. Yep. Shooter McGavin. Yeah, Shooter McGavin. <laughs> uh, real name what? Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. And um, one of the other things that I knew about this movie, all the stuff that you like, just culturally knew about. Yep. Same. And then uh, I think every now and then I've seen posted online his delivery. Um, when he realizes his car has been half bitten. Oh yeah. When he's getting in his car and uh, oh, he says something. It was like uh, I think the biggest thing in this town is probably the homecoming. Oh my oh, yeah. god! <laughs> and I, I can't do it justice because it's yeah. like whole asses this role and it's great. Yeah. Well, he loves he loves being this kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like it's I it's amazing that this guy. I mean, he's he kind of takes everything at this point. To be honest, like he don't stop taking digs at the Gabriel Iglesias show. No, <laughs> I will take shots at the Gabriel. So it's not even the problem. The Gabriel Iglesias show is good. Wait, how did we get here? I stopped so, paying attention so, for sorry. five seconds. No, you, we haven't. We, she like I was built. I was building towards it, but um. So Christopher McDonald's on the Gabriel Iglesias show. He's the gym teacher, but he's like seventh football build, coach. Thing. Yeah, or football coach. Yeah, he's like seventh build bit piece where he basically just comes in as a cantankerous football coach and then yeah. leaves and that's his whole role and it's just like the fact that like 30 years ago he's like the main antagonist in an adam sandler movie to like this but he will still have everything and like he will do everything in between as long <laughs> as he can go on camera and be a giant jackass yep. yeah like <laughs> just classic fuck bucket christopher mcdonald coming in to just yeah be a, all be the talk about bag. guns i was thinking about the guy in Happy Gilmore with like the shirt. Oh yeah. Says, Guns don't pe- kill people. I kill people. I, I kill people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Impossible not to think about that. <laughs> Similar ending too, yep. I guess. Um, so the animation style in this is one that I really love that only existed for maybe like a decade. Mm. The hand-drawn animation with the light CGI touches that I think, first used in the opening of Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and through like, I don't know, early thousands, like Treasure Planet, I guess, is yep. when they were still using like the hand-drawn CGI yep. sort of meshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great. It, I always feel like it feels like a pop-up book almost because yeah, you yeah. have like almost like um, stage props that sort mm-hmm. of move yep. 
in layers as yeah. their perspective changes. I was saying early on with the light, the sequence where uh, Hogarth is going out basically looking for yeah. um, the essentially looking for the giant. He doesn't know it's the giant yet, but he just hears noise. Mm-hmm. And his with antenna the is BB gone. gun. Yeah. And he's flashing his light on clearly hand-drawn still framed you know trees like they are not trees that are meant to animate they're not trees that are meant to move but inherently they have to change because the light is hitting Mm -hmm. them and i was sitting there racking my brain like i'm not trying to be like dense i was like i don't remember a lot of movies that specifically like when there's a flashlight on the movie it's usually just they just animate the light coming out of it but it doesn't land on it maybe it lands on another character they're not really pointing it to the background and he's flipping that thing around it glares Mm -hmm. into the camera and it was just a, it was one of those things that was just like, yeah, today, obviously, that's not neat. But like looking at a movie like that, I wasn't expecting it. So it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like The yeah, effect 99. is neat, though, how it layers yeah. over like uh, still drawings. Um, but yeah, I brought that up. I, I liked that era of animation where they had the little bits of CGI for like really important things like the giant in this movie had yeah. uh, had it. Um, in Atlantis, lots of the machinery had it because it was supposed to be like futuristic tech. Um, I noticed it when I was watching the trailer for Sinbad. The monsters had it. Mm. I think Hercules the uh, Hydra had it. Um, stuff like that where, yeah, it look, feels like a pop-up book. It's such a good layering yeah. of uh, of animation that makes it really stand out. It does make me think of like the original uses of CGI as more of a, we'll do everything we possibly can. And then at the... the exactly. In Jurassic Park where, okay, if we're doing a full body shot of a dinosaur in motion it has to be cgi mm-hmm. but we'll do practical for close-ups on face claws whatever right yeah. we'll make puppets but if you see the full body of the t-rex it has to be cgi mm-hmm. not just like you know what we're, what we're in today we're everything's just cgi every Even backgrounds you know we're we're <laughs> in a world now where we've all seen the trailer for the new ant-man movie that just oh, that looks so like, bad it just looks like spy kids yeah um, it's just all green screen it's yeah all it's just bad. just whatever we don't have to get in specifically that but just no. aesthetically like that's the biggest movies are now made in small conference rooms with yeah <laughs> so yeah. boring um just in, in one room in Atlanta, every the last like twenty <laughs> yep. Marvel movies are entirely shot there. So, anyway, um, so I just all to try and keep it positive. That's just it looks awesome. I feel yeah. like it looks really cool. And uh, I just to go back to Christopher McDonald for a minute. I think they, I think they just do a really good job. Like you like there have been a lot of movies especially up to this point like et is kind of similar where it's just like the government's the bad guy and it's a delicate balance behind having the the bad guy just be a anonymous force that's evil so like you think like i don't i don't know is this a movie podcast not a video game podcast but you think like the half-life series especially early on where it's just like the military is trying to kill you there's no figurehead of the military yeah. you're just running into soldiers and they're trying to kill you because you figured out something you shouldn't have and you need to die because safety of america is at stake mm-hmm. um it's nice to give not only give that figurehead um but almost like show the emotion of like why like he is so paranoid and he is so narcissistic that there is no other thing that can come Mm. out of like like he can't go anywhere else in his brain like it is like this thing needs to die because i'm saving america and there's nothing in between yeah like the enemy is both narcissism and jingoism somehow in the same time which is good for the 
theme of the movie. Yeah, and and and, and it it, it kind of can have its cake and eat it too, as far as like not getting in trouble with the actual yeah. government and military you know, because. They make it. They make a pretty clear point that it's just this guy. It's just this yeah. guy. His they, bosses they like don't bit. really believe him. Yeah, and they can listen to reason and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, don't shoot that thing. Yeah, it seems to not right. be yeah. attacking it's friendly. us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just this fucking guy in particular <laughs> yeah. is a real piece of shit. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, oh, like fuck the country. Like yeah. I'm saving me, and then yeah. tries to drive away. History's so greatest they... monster. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kent. Whatever his name is, Manly. 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 Yeah, they make it a very clear point at the end. It's like, oh, it's not the government. Yeah, it's yeah. this guy that's this just guy. selfish. Everybody knows the U.S. government the is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he drops we the made, guys that's for the government. They, they yeah. made one bad hire. They hired this Pansley. Ken yeah. Manley. He but lied yeah. about his name. He's, he's appointed as the patsy for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think so. Um, getting into kind of the like advancing a little bit i kind of wanted to talk about the um ah, this maybe is too far so sorry if i go went too far but the iron giant fake statue um mm. oh, like pump, pump uh, the brakes okay, we're not pump. there no i'm kidding okay. go for it. <laughs> but but um i i just the fact that they have the whole military looking for the like they're finally he finally proves it because he because Kent Manley's got the picture. They do they do almost like a Benny Hill thing going around, and finally, uh, Kent Manley Mansley, whatever his <laughs> name is, Kent gets the gets the stuff, and he's like, "Ah, we got it. I'm calling it in." And then they come, and Harry Connick Jr. has managed to just throw some crap on the robot, and then the entire U.S. military sees this robot and goes. Ah, it's just a sculpture. He's just been moving this giant sculpture around, <laughs> and, and everything's fine. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and also you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't have proof of like, cause he, the general said it um when he was on the phone. Like, they don't have proof that this robot is what's like taking the bites and stuff like that. Yeah. And so just seeing what looks like a sculpture sitting, they're not gonna believe that's what did it. So. He's the general still at that point didn't believe there was something a giant metal monster going around. So it's still a little like in um incredulous, but it's still really funny that yeah. I mean it helps that like the scrapyard is called like junkyard and art, like whatever. So you see all these sculptures all around. So it's like, oh, it's just another sculpture. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. He's, he runs a scrapyard, <laughs> makes metal art. Yep. He's a beatnik, as he's he's, later he's a gets beatnik. <laughs> yeah. He's a beatnik. Uh, loves um, stuff. I don't, fucking, I don't fucking know. He loves scrap <laughs> metal <laughs> and loves art. scrap metal. <laughs> I, I also love, this is a little use. earlier. I love when Iron Giant eats the art piece like a shish kebab. Yeah. Even though he doesn't know what a shish kebab is. <laughs> yeah. so like, and then just eats the, then stick, just eat the stick. Every cartoon knows how to eat food like that. Yep. <laughs> just inherits his instinctual <laughs> on the, upon their creation. That's what <laughs> they want to do. love that he just chucks that car. Yeah, he just eats it. <laughs> and we don't know where it lands. We never Don't go. know where it lands. Probably on a person. Yep. Oh, God. What a way to go. A lot of fish death in this movie, too. Uh, <laughs> he j- he cannonballs like, in a lake at one point. I do like Harry Connick Jr. just wet on a chair yeah. in the middle oh of the road. The guy's like, you're in the middle of the road. He just goes, yeah. And the guy's like, All, All right. right. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're not blocking my way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, he's... I good love movie. that character. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I like the part where uh, he flies around. 
that, that is much later. But. I, I, he remembers so, that he can fly. So that yeah. So that, uh, weirdly, so I also knew Iron Giant could fly from something. I don't know. Like if you would have asked me before the movie, can Iron Giant fly? I would have been like, yes. I'm pretty sure I've seen him, yeah. Superman posing or something. Um, but then like the entire movie happened and he's not flying around. And I'm just like, cool. What you know, like not thinking about that at all. And then he starts flying. Oh, that's right. He can fly. <laughs> and it just like it's such a great thing like it's it's a little um i don't know if deus ex mocking is the right word for it but you know like he's falling off a cliff like it's it's kind of like a weird you know thing to be like how are they gonna get out of this one? Oh, he can just fly and it's fine but it's a great way to introduce that he can fly yeah it's great <laughs> it's really hogarth's going off yeah <laughs> yeah it's really cool. weirdly okay with being lifted a hundred feet in the air instantaneously by something that's never held a human before. Like well, I know he's, he's a nine. kid. Yeah. Like I know his brain don't work that well because he's a kid. <laughs> but like I was when he was when he was like, "Oh, lift me up!" I literally said to her, "I was like, no." Just, <laughs> oh, I would have pooped my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quick. I mean, like you don't feel it when you're in an elevator, right? It's <laughs> you're going that fast. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. No, he's it's really high up there. That yep. ro that robot. Um. Yeah, so um, I keep thinking, where's a fun way to bring the conversation? <laughs> Do we think this guy knows Asimov's rules of robotics? <laughs> That'd be fun, right? <laughs> um, anyway. Classic Isaac Asimov conversation. <laughs> Classic Asimov convo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think Hogarth's a weird name for a kid. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was brought up, yep. No one called him Hoagie? Did anyone call him Hoagie once? Nope. Everyone says know. Hogarth the whole time. Yep. And I was expecting hug, there. Hug, hug. <laughs> hug, hug. I was hug. taking I was taking notes at the time, so I might have missed it, but is it there ever like a reference to like, oh, it's a family name or No, I think it really just comes down to Kent Manley just saying that's a stupid name. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, it's right. A, He's like, yeah. who would name a kid that? <laughs> He's right. They just wanted they really wanted to write hog hug on a gun. Hog hug. And they didn't know how to they don't explain what happens to his dad there is a picture of seemingly like a fighter pilot because he has the fighter pilot helmet yeah and i think that's the I quick assume, hand wave yeah. that his dad was in was a pilot and died somehow um yeah but yeah it's like like wh why i feel like they should have at least brad bird needs to answer yeah all right, let's get Brad on the phone. Was he named that in the original story? We might not know. We might not know. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's just like... Because <laughs> I definitely haven't looked up the original story. I didn't know there was an original story until the credits started rolling, and they were like, based on Iron Man. Yeah. The Ozzy Osbourne song. <laughs> right. Probably, yeah. Um, I think this movie... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would have been a good one to have watched when I was younger. So... When it made me really, really not ever use nuclear weapons, yeah. for sure. I'd be very against personally using nuclear weapons. Yes, and gun. That's what I said to to her where he's like with a scene with the deer and he's like, guns are bad or whatever. I'm guns like very, kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guns. It's like very subtle. Uh, Brad Bird, get your, get your message yeah, across. Yeah, fine. I was like, and then, and then millions of like southern dads usher their kids out of the right, movie yeah. theater. Guns are bad. Guns bad. Uh, uh, and it's, it's interesting too because I feel like Brad Bird's been accused of being somewhat conservative in in a lot of his movies, and that obviously doesn't line he's up. Very with pro rat cooks, and that's bad. Hogarth is the name of the original kid in the book. Okay. Yeah. 
So he's off the hook for that one. At least. <laughs> I think the Kent Mansley character is new mm. for the movie. For the movie. So it does seem like... So he's like, shuffling well, it more anti-government. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was going to say, it's, you're stuck with uh, Hogarth as a name for the kid, so he added a whole character so he could have a character say it's a stupid this name. Is a stupid <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Pete I, Townsend wanted it to be a musical. Yeah, that I mean you would have I feel like you would have had to change the tone. Yeah. That's the <laughs> tone make is, it in the Cold War. <laughs> the tone's almost kind of like land but for timeish where it's like poignant like and never really fully happy. Like there's no Yeah. The, a lot of the whimsy a lot of the whimsy is is kind of like that like never-ending story like flying through the air whimsy not necessarily yeah. mm-hmm. like actual like flying carpet aladdin whimsy it feels fragile yeah to right. me. very fragile i think I, I don't know and i don't know if i would have picked up on this as a kid and i don't know if it would make it more or less effective but i mean you know the whole time that this isn't going to <laughs> end well this yeah. isn't a long-term thing right. yeah uh, it made me think i was thinking a lot about pete's dragon while i was watching it mm-hmm. um especially the the david lowry live action Pete's dragon because that's also set and very much about like a logging town. I think that's like the Pacific Northwest, but yep. similar idea. And it's, you know, a lot of sneaking around pine trees and shit. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's the whole time you're just thinking like, okay, this is, this is the good times and you know, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna go bad. Yep. And you're hoping that the ending is like him, like, Helping people across like the river, right? Yeah, like a part of the community yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's neighborhood yeah. friendly Iron Giant who just eats people to work every day. <laughs> and it basically, you know, it's it's going like that. He saves those kids, and everyone's like, "This Iron Giant's cool." Yeah, yeah. and it's just bad timing. Bad timing because <laughs> all the military's there. <laughs> I do like Jennifer Aniston's delivery on. Uh, hey, kid, the whole army's in the front yard, <laughs> and she says it like, um. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> the the if I if I want to pick on Jennifer Aniston for a minute, uh, my least favorite delivery is the one where like the Iron Giants in like the sky with fire with fighter jets shooting at him and her son, and then she sees the Iron Giant falling out of the sky, having been shot down, and her delivery of her son's almost certain imminent death is just no. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> It yeah. is a little more desperate than that, but it's not desperate enough. It just kind of seems like her favorite f- sports team lost. <laughs> not, oh, like, God. <laughs> not that her son's <laughs> about to die. Her only son to a single mom. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, she should be a little more distraught. I agree. <laughs> that was more just something I thought. I didn't say anything in the moment. Like, it's not, it doesn't make it a bad movie. It's yep. just like, oh, that was the only line read you had on that one. Okay. It's also a kid's movie. You don't want things to be too... I was gonna say you don't want things to be too emotional, but they certainly bash that glass. Yeah, I'm about to say then that's definitely not the reason why. Yeah, in the in the scene with the deer, uh, if we can jump back for, I guess we're yeah, still yeah, talking yeah. about that. Um, but the scene with the deer, like I remember that got done. I was like, boy, parents must have hated responding to that back in the day. If you had a five year old in that room, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's a and bad then, way to find out death's real. Yeah, like, and then the the giant has an existential crisis. Yep. Yeah, and. I, and he finds he's told he has a soul. Yep. <laughs> and he's told about death. The way that robots should be told they have souls. 
Yeah. <laughs> them in a death like attached to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then in that because Blank Check's doing Kubrick watching along with that um series. Uh I watched two thousand one recently, so I was yep. thinking about Hal in two thousand one yep. and like, you know, what it means that Hal dies and is killed and um you know does it matter that it's man-made or you yep. artificial whatever if it thinks it has emotions yeah it mm. does right which is no yeah which difference. again to quickly step over to mass effect or just step over to video games for a second in mass effect that's like part of the i know it's a side plot it's not the main plot but like the whole thing about like like a, a, a an organic species creates a synthetic species, but the synthetic species has emotions about it. And like, yeah, does that make them any less alive than mm. anything else? And yes, that's like, right. Yeah. And, and you're, and it's essentially in less words going over the same thing in a kid's movie <laughs> in mm. the middle of the kid's yeah, no, movie. It's, it's the like, whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that they went there. It's important to go there because you need it it's actually extremely smart because you need the giant to understand immediately that he can kill things and he shouldn't uh that he can die and he doesn't want that that other everything else can die and he doesn't want that even more yeah and um that his set like and that you that he needs to know this so that his sacrifice later has more impact. Cause if he's just a machine, right, the end yeah. of that movie is kind of whatever. But the fact that they've had that scene as much as a five-year-old or six-year-old has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like it's almost weirdly for the adults in the room. Like I'm sure there were a lot of people who were watching the iron giant and the kid yeah. was just kind of like, like dad, like or dad, mom, dad, the robot's still alive. Why are you guys crying? And they're just Man. like, God. Like, Cause it's not even that. It's it's irregardless of like what happens at the end. It's the fact that he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's it's he's he makes he makes a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a just yeah. That, and that's that's what he hears Hogarth saying in his head. Right? right? Yeah. It's you know you, oh, you that, what you decide to be. I was already. I guess and then he says Superman. And yeah. He blows up. Yeah. Oh. So good. <laughs> So I'll just to break down the ending in the in a sense of how much I was crying, like the good way, the best way to go over the ending to go over the ending plot for those of you who have not seen this recently nor ever and are spoiling it for yourselves both in this podcast. Um, yeah, you made ending, it about an hour. Yeah, the <laughs> it's ending, your own fault. The ending is like um, is basically because Kent Manley is a huge douche turd. Um, after the the general has already agreed, like, yeah, we're standing down. Like, this thing's just defensive. Like, it's fine. Screams that uh, the very cool, like, is there any submarine in anything that can't be called Nautilus? I love Nautilus. <laughs> but it's just Nautilus funny is good, that, yeah. Um, but the Nautilus fires a nuclear missile uh, on the town. And the whole town just kind of instantly is just like, yep, all right, this is let's happening. Pack it in. Uh, I do like that they had the let's duck and cover. And everyone's like, that doesn't fucking work. Like, yeah. no one expected. That's just what we tell the little kids so they're not scared. Like, yeah. Um, they're like, well, let's go into like the the fallout shelter or whatever. Yeah. And everyone goes, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Not going to matter. <laughs> like, just just stay here and get hit. If anything, just get hit clean. It's <laughs> like, obviously, not, not built for a direct hit uh, yeah. in this small town. Yeah. Um, but uh so 
that's happening and like as somebody who has seen this movie like watching this movie for the first time but kind of knowing what's gonna happen it's just crazy that you just see like the the giant like look it clicks in his head like all right i gotta go do like i'm the only one that can do this i gotta do go do this um and so he says the I think he he says Superman on the ground too, right? Or does he only say it? No, he in says the it air? when he's he only says it in the air because um, he's got the Superman S on his chest already from earlier, which is like no, he dropped it. Didn't does he drop? It? Yeah, he because he runs away uh, when he accidentally yeah, when he's defensively shoots. Snow, oh, that's he right. Drops. Yeah, he, he drops it, it, which is also very sad. I think I started yeah. tearing up there. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so he, so he says like, "I go, you stay." So like, I'm already. So like, I wasn't prep to cry i guess like there's some movies you watch uh where you know the ending's going to be sad or it's building to a sad ending like i kind of knew this is sad and it was going to be this sad uh i think similarly titanic which we've talked about which has the which has the um, the, the emotional like knockout montage of like mm -hmm. oh here's all the people that are accepting their fate like together on mm -hmm. the on the boat and it's extremely the band, sad like, and oh. the band play like the the here's where you cry moment you know when we move on um to, to some dude getting propellered <laughs> um but <laughs> but um so i'm i'm sitting there i'm sitting there crying at that and he's flying away and they're all sad about it obviously and they're all like doing that emotional thing and i was waiting for the superman line because i i knew it was coming i knew it's the thing and uh but they hit me with that line that the kid says with the you are who you choose to you be. are who you choose to be and i think that sent me into yeah. crying overdrive <laughs> that was like, so good oh then he's oh my yeah. god it's so i'm getting so poignant yeah it's so <laughs> strong because they they really like um they really hit you with it because even before he flies and he says, I go, you stay, which yeah. is what the uh, Hogarth told him, like in a very like innocent, like we're just like, just stay in the forest. Like I'll be back. Um, and, but then he says no following. And then he, Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it leads up to that final moment. So well, like you get so much, um, like adoration for the giant. Cause he's like, Hogarth says he's like a little kid. Like he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't know speech. And his speech gets better, so you like you grow to also be like love the giant, and then, uh I this movie is so good. Oh. so in Ted Lasso, <laughs> please make this a better cut. No, keep it. It's too good. <laughs> There's a moment where they're at the team hotel, and they like throw on a movie to watch, and they watch. They're they're watching Iron Giant. Oh, huh. and um. Ted has to leave, but he tells Coach Beard, like, just get the tissues ready for around the 75-minute mark because there's going to be a room full of crying men. Yeah. <laughs> and I pulled it up on my phone, and that's the 75-minute mark. Oh, wow. Oh. So it's, it's, it's directly when oh, the man. giant is telling Hogarth. Is, is uh, touching Hogarth's uh, cheek with his and, giant and, finger. Yeah, and is saying, you oh. know, you stay, I, I leave. Go. Yeah, yeah, I go. I go, you stay. It's exactly at that moment. So, yep. so good. Uh, Great good job, Ted Lasso writers. Um, yeah. See, it was related. Yeah. <laughs> so I was also thinking. So like when I was so Lion King came out when I was five. Um, I watched Lion King from the years nineteen ninety five to two thousand, probably about fourteen hundred times. Yep. Um, and I, for the most part, I remember specifically 
uh, fast forwarding through Mufasa's death every time. Like I just couldn't, like as a child, I couldn't, you mm-hmm. know, I just couldn't deal with it. Um, having recently at that point gone through, especially afterwards, having gone through my grandfather's death, it probably hit me a lot more than like, we don't have to go into it at the time. But like, I think that probably was a big portion of what was hitting me at that moment as a child. Yeah. I'm trying, I know this movie came out when I was nine. Uh, I think if this if I watched this movie when I was nine, I think I would have been on board. I don't think I would have cried or anything, but I think I would have like watched it, be like, "That's a good movie," you know, or something. But like, I'm trying to think if I was six watching this movie, if I could watch the ending of this movie more. Like, I think I would have walked out of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe with the stinger, it would have been fine because we find yeah. out that the yeah, robot's yeah. actually still alive, and because the robot's program or the giant—I keep calling the robot—the Iron Giant is programmed. <laughs> To, to fix itself. fix itself and like yeah. beacon all of its stuff back, which has the nice cool thing where Hogarth knows that the Iron Giant's alive because he has the final part, the only part that they found, and it starts beeping and and leaving. So Hogarth Hogarth says goodbye, but I think Hogarth says goodbye in a tone of like uh like you're gonna fix it and hopefully yeah, you're like gonna see come, you later. Yeah, yeah. Like you're gonna see and come and come back to me. Um and rightfully like lets him out the window mm-hmm. so he can go back uh and seemingly a lot of his other parts have luckily landed in the same place or have at least started trekking yeah. mm-hmm. like freely over there um but i think it would have been tough for me as a child to get through that the ending of that movie like yeah. it was rough yeah. as long as you understand the stakes like i was talking about yeah. before like i think yeah i can't imagine like so that's the thing is like i was trying to think of who this movie is for specifically because obviously adults it's fine like it's it's or like fine in the sense of like it's not going to emotionally scar you you understand like at that point like you can enjoy the movie mm-hmm. in its fullest having been an adult that understands what's going on if you're like in your teens you're probably fine uh maybe you're a little too like oh this movie's for kids you know like but like I struggle to wonder where from like the age of like, let's say like four to five where comprehension of movies like really, really strongly comes in where you're not Mm -hmm. just like walking around quoting it and not knowing really what's going on to like having, having full comprehension of what life and death is Mm -hmm. with that. So like I, I I almost just want to ask somebody who saw it when they were like, I did. (laughs) I was four when this came out and I think I watched a year of. Okay. Do you have um, memories of that though? Of well, I don't have very clear memories of watching it for the first time. Um, so that's more what I was getting at. It was well, more who's like, going to remember when they well, were? No, no, four. no, no, no. I mean, like putting it in front of like a six-year-old now. I'm not saying oh, we should do that. I'm gotcha. just curious about like how that lands for yeah. For I, would, a child. I would, I would be curious. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I remember it having a very emotional effect on me because yeah. I cried for everything. Um, that one, that one, that one hit. Um, yeah, trying to think of other movies around the same era that also hit because I don't even the um, the fact that it was the ending makes it hit more because like the Lion King hit, but like at least the death happens in the beginning of the movie. Um, but when when things like that happen at the very end, they hit way harder to a kid. I think. I mean, probably to adults yeah. too. But and I guess it's, it has to have that stinger for kids to for not kids. be right. completely bereft at the end yeah, yeah. there's uh, 
But I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. It's just me being a glutton for punishment. But <laughs> it's like, I kind of wish it didn't have that ending. So I said to her that, like, if you're going to have that ending, I almost wish that you had a sequel. And then she's like, well, a sequel would ruin everything. You know, like, mm-hmm. I It's do, a very self-contained movie. I do agree. Yeah. Um, But it does make me just, right. I was like, maybe do another stinger of a hoagie reunion, you know, where they just high five. Like a short movie. Yeah, like a short. I thought uh, it'd well. be interesting to maybe have like a short film <laughs> in like modern times. Um, oh, like a hundred years later or whatever. Um, the hundred years later. <laughs> yeah, just modern times. Shut up. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna have the final scene of him putting himself together, though, then you can't have the scene of him putting himself together earlier, like with his hand, like after yeah, the train incident, yeah. because it leads up, t- it leads up to that being the end that he doesn't yeah. die, that he can put himself together. So you would have to, t- you would have to take that out. In and my perhaps opinion. can't die ever. Yeah. yeah, it's fair. Is potentially indestructible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, which is another problem with the you you die. Yes, mm. I die. Uh, I don't. You know. Yeah. Like, I you don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Um. Which is another another thing that and I know in other media where they've talked about that with both longer lifespan you know, organic life or, you know, synthetic life that theoretically lives perpetually or, mm-hmm. you know, in, indefinitely at the very least. Oh, you're talking, I mean, you talked about Mass Effect before. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. That, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, humans live so short, so we're always in a hurry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, and I told her one of my favorite lines of all time is the Krogan who lived like 500 years um, to the Asari who lives a thousand years and a Krogan's trying to date an Asari and the Asari has a comment and so they're like, oh, if it was a human or a Solarian, I'd just like leg it out because who cares? You know, <laughs> yeah. like just piss, away, just piss away a hundred years but like Krogan's a real commitment and then like you're saying it to your human character and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And they're like, I get it. Like, <laughs> you know, like and they're, then they tell, you know, like the Asari get to play with like, oh, I'm only a hundred years old. I'm just a kid, you know? Like, yeah, yep. It's 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 interesting, you know, and like there's obvious. It's the same thing with it's not as existential dready as like Toy Story is. Sure. Um, where like you know the yeah. toys, unless, unless you have a friend to give your toys to, you're just yeah. perpetually like lost to time, and like, yep. you think about all the toys everywhere. Like it's quickly unravels. Like you know, you have. Like, I'm sure I drove my parents insane when I was a child, just being like, "What about all the toys that are in the du- like in oh the junkyard?" God, it's yeah. like, "Don't worry about that, sweetie. Like, just move <laughs> on." Like. Like what about all the toys that were burned, like Velveteen Rabbit? Don't worry about. Oh. Them. Yeah, don't, go, don't go. yeah, think about that. <laughs> yep. keep, keep going. Just keep it going. Oh, that does remind me what we were talking about earlier with like um with like robots and AI and stuff. It's like if it can feel or like what's important is it like if it think it feels, um that I feel like I can suspend my disbelief for that for movies because like in movies like the Iron Giant and stuff, it's like they're artificial or yeah because I think they never really go into his um into his backstory but it looks like he was created as an army of our uh, like iron giants to like go to other planets to destroy them N- super unclear they never go into it that's just what it looks like in that very quick flashback because there's a-, a bunch of them marching down um but i feel like in lots of different media um when there is like an ai or something that has feelings i'm like yeah it has feelings we have to treat them exactly the same as any uh, as anything else but when it comes to like real life discussion i'm like no like it's an ai like it was programmed to have feelings but it doesn't actually have feelings because there was a 
there was a case that recently showed up with that one guy that got like fired from like Harvard or something because he um, claimed they cre- he created an AI that started to actually have feelings because it started to have like conversations with him about like um, being like a six year old girl and like um, um, she had like the capability to lie and stuff like that. But it's like, well, you programmed her to say these things. Right, like yeah. you can program an AI to react in a certain way to conversations. Like they have a bank of things. And as you talk to it, it can learn to say different things, but it doesn't have actual feelings. It can't actually lie to you. So it's like in movies and stuff, I'm way more sympathetic to robots and AI and stuff like that. It's like, no, you can't hurt it. Like, like the iron giant, like it's artificial, like, but it has, he has actual feelings and he has the capability to, to love and to protect. But if that, something like that had happened in real life, it'd be like, I'm, I'm not, I don't trust that shit. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So where is it? You think he's from a planet of other iron giants or just kind so of it? when the first, when that flashback started, I thought that was just like his home planet. But then they were like, they, they literally said like, he's coming, he came to earth to destroy earth. Like, and well, then I'm that's like, what oh, they maybe. think, yeah. um, we, there's no, um, there's no actual backstory. It's just that two second, like him remembering, um, some memory and it's that marching, but we don't know if it is like, it seems like it's um, uh, different robots that get sent to different places to destroy. More of an uh, Invader Zim type situation. Yeah. Um, but he forgets his memory when he gets thrown into the um, to the uh, wires. Um, and that's and like the chip in his head and stuff like that. Uh, or not the chip, the dent. Um, but then he like learns to be sympathetic and stuff like that after after he's lost his memory. And then even when he regained his memory um, after Hogarth dies and he goes into like like war missile mode. Yep. Um, so we don't know where those other robots are. Some other planet getting destroyed because they didn't have a moment like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know the actual backstory, but that's what it looks like. It looks like he's one of many robots that were created. So that's your sequel, right? The other robots catch (laughs) wind that he's gone. He's gone gone native. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Terminator 2. Oh, thank you. I was like, I "I know this plot. What's this plot? It's also also Terminator 2. I was going (laughs) insane. I was like, yeah, we're building towards this joke that we both know. (laughs) It's also Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It is Dragon Ball Z as well. Loses his tail, yep. and the Saiyans are like, "What the fuck are you doing, Kakarot?" And he's like, like "Kakarot, hey, what's up, Kakarot? Time to blow up her." What? <laughs> and then Vegeta stays, and he becomes the best character. Curling. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Any any uh, any final thoughts on Iron Giant? I'm glad we I'm glad we went into AI and the, mm. you know to get all first. Uh, you know, freshman year philosophy major, yep. and well, he, <laughs> he thinks therefore he is, and yep. um, it's good shit, good movie. Yeah, su- surprisingly deep for a movie that is it. I I would have to assume it's probably the deepest movie from that era, at least for a kids animation. Like oh, a, a there's direct, so many clearly directed at kids animation movie. Um, I would say like that maybe Land Before Time was like similar like. Uh, yeah, I'd have, um, to, I'd have to take a look at like a list. Yeah, yeah I'd have to see. I know but, there's a, a many because they they try to put a lot of those poignant stories like yeah. that uh, for kids. But Lion King, I I I'm a little wary, um, just because it's more like I mean it's Hamlet, so there's that. And then yeah, I don't consider Lion King that. It's a good movie, a but good I don't movie. consider it deep. No, 
Um, and it's like the same thing. It's like the Bambi thing of like, well, if you kill something at the beginning, does that make it yeah. sad? Versus like, Land Before Time does that, but like his entire existence is basically like trying to, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. figure out himself through that. Like, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would. I'm gonna stamp it because Iron Giant seems by far off the top of my head the most like actually like emotionally charged mm. movie for kids mm. and it's it's interesting watching it as like someone in their 30s because like it obviously got me really hard and then it's wondering like the frustration that a lot of people probably felt being a kid and this not being a very popular movie so like there's probably were a lot of you know kids in my like end of my uh elementary school early middle school that were really really affected by this movie and had no one to talk about it with. Like I'm sure, yeah. there, I'm yeah. sure there were times in the I was on the playground and someone was trying to talk to me about Iron Giant, but I was a ten year old with crippling ADD that was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna keep hitting the ground with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta if I don't hit this ground with a stick, you yeah. don't put something else in my hand, I might die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, watching this movie as like um, an adult with like a better understanding of history. Because when I was younger, it was just a sad movie with a really cool like uh, with a really cool giant robot. But like actually putting it in the context of the Cold War, like uh, it hits differently. (laughs) Especially with like today's political climate too. Like you know, back then, like you're talking like late '90s, like pre-September. It's close to September 11th, but it's Mm. still pre-September 11th. So like government problems are like the clinton scandal you know Mm -hmm. and like taxes like we're not in a war at that time like it's a lot different so you had a lot of kids that hadn't been through that Mm -hmm. because like kids that were watching that didn't remember desert storm they weren't alive for it they hadn't been in like they're like they were two or three years away from their next war so like or their really their first war yeah but it it's yeah it's crazy Let's do some ratings. Uh, So every week we'll do ratings at the end on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing besides stars. And I will put our results on our letterbox. That's late to the movies on letterbox. That's the number two. uh, Either you got one ready to go. I do. Okay. Uh, Five squirrels and pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this movie. Squirrels and pants. This movie is a masterpiece, especially for animation. It, there's nothing about it being animated, animated that detracts it from being a masterpiece. Because I know some people are like, "Oh, it can't be that good because it's animated." No, uh, watch this movie <laughs> um, and cry about it. <laughs> cry about it. <laughs> um. So the thing I think about is every time I watch a movie for this podcast, like I know the point of the podcast is to watch movies that are culturally relevant and culturally relevant movies tend to be very good Mm -hmm. um, or else they wouldn't be relevant. Uh, So I feel weird, like giving just fives to everything. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, like we've done Titanic, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, that's a problem. And like, I I was trying to think of movie, like I think it was Mean Girls 2 and Draft Day. I think of the only two movies. Oh, no, I think I gave Groundhog's Day. I gave like a two or something. Yeah, I really like Groundhog Day. Like, oh, it's, it's like Attorney's General, Groundhog's yeah, Day. Groundhog's Day. Um, I, I, and I might have given Adam's family values on like a four. I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. I think it deserves a five, and I'm because I can't do Christopher uh, McDonald's delivery on that joke. I'm just gonna say uh, five um, uh, hog hugs out of five. <laughs> dig it, dig it. Um, ooh, hmm. Huh. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just gonna go five, five half-eaten cars. <laughs> just to reference that. It's a part. really good drawing too. Like yep. they it is? really, yeah, they do a really good job. You knowing that that car is like I love the tractor reveal. <laughs> like, oh, this tractor's just got a big bite out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, that's why I'm selling this guy. Yeah, big bite it's got a big bite out of it. Yeah, so this is right up there with the lighthouse in terms of main movies for me. Yep, <laughs> uh, very similar. Yeah, great kids movies. Yep. Um, anyway, jokes aside, great, great film. Glad, glad to finally check it off the list. Yep. Yeah, and I didn't know you hadn't seen it either. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah, it's a good one. And you know now how know. we have to end the movie. <laughs> There's the podcast. We're, we're not quite there yet. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> that happened on the Mean Girls episode where I just didn't do the ending spiel because Sorry, we, we ended so it too early. To get so excited to the bit. Yeah, I'm so excited to do the bit. Uh, yeah, so you can... Uh, I was going to say so there was something else, but fuck it. We're, <laughs> we're fine. Uh, we didn't need it. Was it going to be important? Probably not. <laughs> You can find us on, well, yeah, Letterboxd uh, for all our reviews. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Podbeans, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, not Apple Music. Just, we're not there. <laughs> Just Apple Podcasts. Um, anywhere anywhere you get your podcasts, you can probably find us. Uh, we have a Public store just in time for the holidays. You can buy a shirt with Greg's face on it. Nice. Wear it to your Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, Hanukkahs, or to your Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings watch, watch parties. parties. Uh, yeah, it's perfect for any occasion, any season, but especially this one. So buy seven to eight now. Have one for every day and two on Sundays. Um, I'm realizing that we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh shit, we never did that part. <laughs> Do you want to get it clean and no. just try to stuff it? <laughs> They, they know your laugh. That's true. Everyone immediately knows who it is. Well, I was, you know, it's like we like have a reveal for the name of it, but it's also in the description. Uh, you can email Noah at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can look at our Instagram at late to the movies underscore podcast. We put up a fun poster every week. Uh, the one we did for Hocus Pocus is one I'm very proud of. <laughs> oh, that one was really good. Thank you. That one was really good. <laughs> I love them all, but man, that one really got me. <laughs> yeah, that one I was I was happy with how that one came out. Your pot your your guests left to right across your podcast dial this week were Bree. Hello. And Sam. Hey. And goodbye. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's basically it. So yeah, I didn't put a count as in. Just obligatory now. Hmm. Iron Giant. I'm sad Boz wasn't here. I'm sad too. He would have loved. He would have loved this. Rest in peace, Mike Voss. Never recovered from that COVID booster. Wait, what's that? And then, like in this corner, you see a scarf oh, trying to get out the window. So, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> It's like a scarf watching Petite Mama. (laughs) Just always has to be referenced now. Yep. (laughs) How does Uh, this movie fit in the Mobbers? And cut. (laughs) Oh man, that's probably our most insular joke yet. (laughs) 